Loading artists, audio inside. Loading artists, audio inside. Oh, it's Oddcast, it's Oddcast, it's Oddcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen by your easel, maybe you can grab a chair. Or even take it with you like you ain't got no care. Loading artists, audio inside. Loading artists, audio inside. So sit back and relax and grab your headphones too. Adjust your volume, it's Oddcast. Philip J. Mellon welcomes you. So sit back, oh yeah, it's Oddcast. Loading artists, audio inside. Loading artists, audio inside. Let me just welcome you, Ashley, to Oddcast. Thank you so much for having me, Phil. Oh, no problem. So my first question is, uh, when did you fall in love with art or feel like you became an artist? I don't ever think I wasn't an artist. Um, I don't I don't ever really consciously remember making the very formal decision of I'm going to do this. I've just always felt really inclined towards channeling that strange other thing that happens. And I don't even know how to describe that really besides the sort of other energy or space that hovers around all the time that kind of wants to be acknowledged or made into something else. I just feel like that's always been with me and it always is all the time. And if I ignore it for too long, it bothers me. So that's sort of, that's just what it is, and um, I just noticed it when I've gone for periods of time without making anything. I don't feel very good, so it, it, I don't know what you call that. But um, but I do, like, there were some points in my life that I felt like, all right, how to articulate that in an actual form, an art form or an expression, like, what does it want to be? Does it want to be something else, or is it painting or drawing? Because, you know, since I was a little kid, I was always making little, you know, um, whatever, sketches, yeah, totally, like the little doodle sketches, copies of things, all kinds of stuff, Um, I drew horses, like, thousands of times, and, um, you know, copied calendar paintings, and did all kinds of things that most kids do when they're, you know, artistically inclined, and then, uh, I think it was, well, it's a combination of, like, feeling that, like I already described, that, that kind of pressure of, this other place that wants to be said um, yeah. and sort of the, the life of the inner world that is just as real as the outside world and wanting yeah. that wanting to have attention and then having some kind of facility or inclination to making something visual like an image or whatever. And, and actually like, so for me, what's important in my work is having um, a sense of being kind of grounded in the world, like taking in the outside yeah. world, like really, heavily like just paying attention to light sound smell touch feeling 
all the tactile stuff and, um, yeah. you know, just kind of bristling with attention. And I remember one specific time when I was a kid and sort of sitting on the edge of my bed and looking out the window and being like, all right, I'm definitely feeling like some kind of intense pressure from inside to like express something and I don't know what it is and I don't know what to call it and I don't have words and I don't, but something wants to be said. And so, and I was sort of looking out the window and watching the, the wind in the pine trees and stuff and it was like, all right, I definitely have to do something with this. I have no idea what it is, and that's really scary. And then the combination of that and, um, you know, learning a little bit about art when I was a kid, and uh, I think the thing that really set it off for me was, and it's funny enough, it's true for my husband too, uh, who's also a painter, cubism. Once we both saw cubism, it was like, holy crap. Wow, this can be said. Like, this is a language. uh, You know, this is a real, it's a serious language People have yeah. thought about this analytically in, in visual form with vocabulary and image making. Like, this can be said. And it was like, that was it. Like, okay, all right. I, I don't know what it is or whatever, but now that I've seen that, and that's really interesting to me. Um, yeah. And, uh, and I just, like, um, in the decision to actually study art as a, you know, collegiately or whatever, I just thought it was the hardest thing I could possibly do with my life. Like, the hardest thing? The hardest thing, to actually oh, take okay, it this yeah. seriously, to be a real painter. And, yeah. and and I think I probably could have done other things. But like I already said, I think if I hadn't done that, then I would have been, like, really deeply unhappy in the world. And I was like, well, that's probably not good. But also I think to, in order to um, basically, like, live in the most real way, and the most difficult way it's going to have to be through art. So yeah. that's why I yeah. decided to go into art. Yeah. Wow. So you you kind of answered my school question. So I'll skip on to the no, next. no. I because I I don't think that everybody has to go to school. I mean, I yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. think that um, people are there's plenty of people with great facility who don't go to yeah. school or don't believe in school or um, all that stuff, and and I don't think formal training is, um, you know, an absolute. You either have it, and you're an artist, or you don't, and you're not an artist. I mean, I think if you're a really driven person to express something, um, yeah. you will figure out a way to do it. And the archival thing, like actually learning the skill set to be able to put down marks and make them last, and not have cracking and stuff like that, like that. I think that all has to be figured out. But you can you know, find ways of learning that, and um, and that's all good. But I definitely respect people who um, kind of step outside the, the, you know, framework of formal school, you know, and and push the the limits of that. But I think school also has a lot to offer. Uh, Yeah. So, yeah. So how do you feel the computer, the Internet, helps or hurts an artist? Well, I think um, it's a tremendous resource. Uh, You know, like, you can always just look stuff up really quickly. You can find images all the time if you want to see something right away. I mean, it doesn't replace seeing stuff in person. Um, But there's just so much information that's been accessible. Um, But I find that I don't really look at images on the computer very much. Um, Just in terms of looking at Paintings I really like, I look at them a little bit, but I won't spend, like, excuse me, um, 
long periods of time trying to study art that way. But, you know, if you want to reference something, that's always kind of cool because, you know, Wikipedia is cool, Google's cool for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but in terms of, like, you know, social media, Facebook and stuff, um, I think it's really interesting to be able to see the artist community, like, really mapped yeah. out in – in like a literal form of how people are connected and what people are doing and, and, and going to and where they live and who else is around them and stuff. I think that's a really interesting way of being able to get and give support. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think it's actually brought a tremendous amount of energy and accessibility to contemporary art making. Um, yeah. So I, I really like that. Uh, I mean, I just saw, I think it was maybe a couple weeks ago, I'm not even friends with her, even though I'd like to be, Janice Nowinski posted something. Um, I hadn't seen this particular painting by, it was a still life by Matisse, and it was just so, oh, okay. so brilliant. I actually downloaded it and, you know, have it on the computer now. But it's like, oh, cool. just to be able to have that chance to see stuff randomly, you know, randomly, that you yeah, didn't expect. Yeah, yeah. All right, like whatever shows up on your newsfeed, and then all of a sudden you see something really surprising and it triggers off something else. And it's like, oh, yeah. wow, that's so cool. So yet though we're not friends, I really appreciated that she did that, you know? Sure, yeah. And I also like it when people like uh, Mark, I don't know how you pronounce his name, if it's Dutcher or Dutcher from California. You know, he always – Yeah, that's a good one with the last name. I Yeah, um, I don't want I to say the wrong – yeah. so, but <laughs> – He's always posting these really interesting prompts about, like, I yeah. just really like the way he approaches that. So it's like instead of just saying what he's doing or what he, whatever um, is up with him or his own work, he's always asking, like, well, what do you do in the studio? And what do you like? And, you know, what yeah. do you think about it? And I just find every time he does that, which, you know, I guess he does it a fair bit, it, it just gets so much community going and people are yeah, interacting yeah. and people are, like, supporting each other and there's just a really interesting goodwill about it oh and and the other is kyle staver where she's posting oh, yeah. three images like every morning or every day right yeah, and yeah. it's just such a nice thing to like see in the morning or whatever in the afternoon and it's like all right she sort of curates this thing every day and right. some of them are so interesting and it's like you wouldn't necessarily see that on your own um yeah. and it's just a really interesting way of recontextualizing um, images and, and putting it in another context and, and I just uh, I think that stuff really and, and it seems like it's the slightly older generation from me is figuring out these really interesting ways of reinterpreting social media you know yeah it's not just, interesting yes. and it's not just like about? oh I'm eating lunch or whatever it's like well this is our new um, medium we're using social media right. so let's figure out a way to make it interesting and that's a really yeah. creative way of doing that yeah 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 mm -hmm. no for sure it, it's i mean that, that comes up so much and you know the idea of community and and it, it it changes when and i'm not sure what it's like uh for other people but i just know that like as an artist once i started to friend artists mm -hmm. it it just completely changed facebook changed my facebook experience mm -hmm. and and then you know you run into things like you're like you're like you mentioned mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and it becomes worth your time. I, I say that all the time now. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. And it's, yeah. it's, it is something that can totally, like, suck your time away. It's like, you know, yeah. whatever. But so what else can't? I mean, like, your email, you're just being on the Internet, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You completely do the same thing. So yeah. um, I actually think it gives back a lot more than it takes um, for artists, I notice. I mean, I feel like people who aren't artists maybe don't get that experience. But 
Um, right. I think that the artist community has done something really interesting with it, and I think that's yeah, yeah. so cool to see. And the other thing I wanted to say about blogs, like artist blogs, yeah. I don't know when that really started happening, like in terms of, um, you know, like what year that they started to, like, really yeah. take over. But, like, these big blogs like Painter's Table, it's like, good for you guys. Like, I just love yeah, that as a resource to be able well, to, like, or... yeah, hyperallergic. It's like to sort of reference other people's blogs or artist-driven blogs like Painter's Table does and do their own things at the same time, like Gorky's granddaughter does the interviews. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I just love how everything is really kind of broken open so that um, so many voices can be heard, and yet at the same time, people are deciding what to use and what not to use. So it's very um, sort of precise and carefully done, but we're just hearing yeah, from really – so many more people than we would otherwise. You know, I, I always, like when I was in school in Pennsylvania, I really liked art in America because I felt it was so scholarly and it was so serious and it was, you know, and I think we're far away from that. And part of me misses that journalism a little bit, but I feel like yeah. the way people are editing themselves, like the way Painter's Table does and Hyperallergic does, they actually are making it good because yeah. they've taken it on themselves and, they want to do a good job with it, but it's not like they're including everything just to include everything. They actually are carefully doing it themselves. And yeah, it's really I, the one one word that just popped in my head when you start you talked about these projects is they're, they're strong. Mm -hmm. They're just you know they're they're well put together and they're done with passion. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. that's what I that, that's that's the word. Uh, that's what I love about that is that it's it's like it's it's carefully done, but everybody's showing their enthusiasm for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think that's so exciting. I, I just love Painter's Table and, and these young guys from Gorky's Granddaughter who, right, um, yeah. you know, they really spend a lot of time with the artists and doing these interviews, and, and it's right. just like, I just think that's great. And and now that these things have their own voice, and, the, you know, it's it's independent in a way, and, and but everybody yeah. has access to it. It's great. It's really good. Yeah, and it's not, it's not, it doesn't feel like us and them. It's like, No, wow, exactly, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. It could be me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, now you might have to get into your process a little bit. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, okay. No, I definitely don't make preliminary drawings, even though I used to. Like when I was telling you about the bigger work I used to make, I would do that. Right. But now I think it's really important not to because um, yeah. I think that when you make a drawing or a sketch or even something that's like the most general – notation about what I'm going to do. It takes away the mystery. For me, it does. Yeah. It yeah. sort of drains the energy out of the discovery of what the image making is. And a lot of it does come out of the interaction of the material. So the image yeah. might change because of the viscosity of the paint or how much uh, you know paint is loaded on the brush or if it's an oil stick or what, you know, that stuff. And it's all, all that chance plus whatever is the image that's being experienced for the first time has to be on the canvas. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it does. Mm -hmm. No, I hear you. Yeah. And I was just trying to, like, I was just thinking about my own process and um, you triggered in me that, you know, I wonder if it, in some way it'd be better if I personally, if I used encaustic. Mm, interesting. Cause you know, you, you put it down and it's like, you know, as far as I know, it's dry instantly. You know? Right. Because right. I don't I don't do a whole lot of mixing on the canvas or this, there's not a, like a whole lot of like interaction except like compositionally I guess in a sense. Mm -hmm. But like with 
like with your your paintings, it seems that there is a lot of interaction once on the canvas, really. There's actually a lot less than it looks, and that's something else. Oh, really? Like, yeah, because um, something that, again, took me kind of a long time to learn, because I've always really loved wet and wet painting. I mean, like what yeah. de Kooning did. I mean, it's just and, – and my ultimate favorite, Gustin, the way he paints. You know, I just yeah, love yeah, that yeah. stuff. So it's like – well, I mean, I was struggling for the longest time to get some, like – real articulation this is more like my student years but like to get some real articulation in the imagery in that way of working it was like all right I keep getting and it's not like super muddy color it was more like I just can't pull the imagery out of this and it was like all right to be able to learn to put stuff away both to let it dry and to let the spontaneity back in of, I, I think it's so important for me to work a little more slowly, even though I wish I didn't. I wish I worked a little faster, but that's been a sort of painful lesson to, to force myself to actually slow down a little bit and to make yeah. more time in between. But to actually turn everything around all the time, nothing is out. So that when I, I like, if a fair amount of time goes by in between seeing something, um, it's like seeing it for the first time, and but it also has this sort of, um, like time capsule quality because I know that I've made it and I know that there's some indexing of um, vocabulary of mine, but I might see it in a completely different way or relate to something else in the painting in a totally different way than I would have if I'd been studying it for weeks. And that's yeah, right, so right. important to me to be able to see that spark of, of yeah. complete discovery again and over and over. I, I think it's, yeah, mm -hmm. it's just amazing how that happens. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not even something that we're in control of. I mean, you, you know, the, the amount of time, I mean, it might be one night that you walk away from exactly. it, but like you said, right. it could be a couple of weeks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. that, and also letting it dry down a little bit while, I mean, having moments of wet and wet and then letting it dry so that it can come back and be a little more articulate, is that's fine too. And it took me a long time yeah. to be okay with that because I just really love, like, really luscious paint. So I was like, okay, yeah. just because I like that so much doesn't mean I have to make that. Or maybe my own vocabulary doesn't want to be made that way. It's like, oh, God, that's too bad. But <laughs> it, it doesn't – it's not tight painting. Or, you know, there's just to let in a little more – maybe a little more tightness. But it's yeah, – yeah, just a little more articulate. So to be able to push it a little bit more and, and force the imagery through a little more of a sieve and be like, all right, really, what do I want to say here? Like, don't just let the brush mark get away with generalizing what this is. Like, I want to push it a little further. And, and in that, I wanted to, you know, sort of be like, all right, let me just let it dry a little bit. And I find that that's actually really helpful, even though it's, I feel like I'm a little bit slower than I wish I were. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's a, well, it still has a structure to the imagery, and along with, say, maybe the desire to almost be as close to wet and wet as possible. Right, yeah. Well, at the same time, having a little bit of dryness there, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So how do you get yourself out of creative block? Well, I think for me it's really important. Um, but it's sort of ongoing, even though, yeah, I guess it sort of comes and goes sometimes. But if I'm really in a bad way, I just read a lot, you know, like really consciously put down the art. <laughs> Say, okay, yeah. I need to be a sponge now right. and sort of pick up the rest of lived experience for a while so that I can kind of fill up the tank. And it's not so much yeah. fill up the tank of content. It's more like just fill up the, the tank of 
feeling like I have the available energy and resources to like yeah. punch through what it is that wants to be said again. I feel like sometimes yeah. it gets muddy and confused. So it's like, all right, well, I just need to remember what it is that wants to be said, the source material or um, the point of reference. I find it like helpful sometimes to be able to read something, even if I don't really read it for it. Like I actually find that um, both Nabokov and Joyce for me really kind of, I almost don't read them like, well, for Joyce, I, I get that definitely out of fitting in Wake. Like I'm reading that and it sends me off into some other like memory space and he'll I'll just be like a paragraph and I'll be like totally remembering something that happened like a long time ago and that's good enough you know stuff like that yeah yeah wow. and then like Nabokov you know the way he writes is so lyrical and poetic that you know it's just like the music of what he's saying is so incredible yeah and and just that just stuff like that to be able to take in somebody else's work and but I find actually I get a lot out of reading other people's work like really good books um yeah and getting to particular imagery that's really intense is very helpful that kind of stuff's really stimulating and um you know just being able to be outside i actually was just thinking about this last week it's just the weirdest thing like a lot of my stuff is coming from particular memories of just sort of literal to start with where i'll be like all right I remember this one time, and there was this and that, and this fun stuff happened or this weird stuff happened, and not that I want to translate that literally because it's not at all. Sometimes it doesn't even resemble where it started from, but usually that's like the kernel of where it starts. And then, but like when that happens, more than often, like more than not, I'll get a smell from it. It's the weirdest thing. Like (laughs) all of a sudden I'm like, all right, I remember that. And I'm like, I really smell something. This is the weirdest thing. Yeah. But then I know I'm, like, really in the world of it. Like, that's – I just feel like the smell is so attached to it. So if I'm, like, outside and I smell, like, the fall smells of, like, the dry leaves or the rotting leaves or whatever, smell like a really wet earth smell, like, that kind of stuff, the sort of olfactory, the, like, actual physical senses and the memory spaces are really connected for me. And I feel like I'm only yeah. just really learning that, that, like, if I smell something, it's like, whoa – all right, now I'm in this other space, and I should listen to that. So I find that that's actually way more helpful than I knew in the past. Um, yeah. That that's sort of like its own track or storyline to to follow. Like that, I just feel like, especially the smells, they won't lead me down the wrong path, if that makes any sense. Yeah. If I can smell no, my nose, great. then I'll get to something. Because <laughs> I just feel like, God, this is the weirdest thing, like, it was right around Halloween that I was thinking about Halloween costumes. Like some people, Halloween is like a really big deal to them and whatever, but I don't, I didn't really remember any particular Halloween costume except when I was a little kid. So those must've been in like grade school and I just wanted to be some pretty princess or whatever. And, uh, you know, it was too cold out because they wanted to do this sort of walk around the outside thing for like a mini kid, uh, Halloween parade or whatever. And um, my mom was insisting that I wear a coat, and I, like, had a, you know, insane meltdown because, you know, pretty princesses don't wear coats that hide their dresses. So, anyway. Exactly, but, yeah. But there was something about that, and I think this is unrelated, that memory plus the smell of a, um, I know this was in a lipstick form, and it was, like, a gray or silver container. Um, and then, like, I don't even know what this 
how it was even applied, but it was like it was for Halloween costumes. And I know this thing is ancient, ancient. And I don't know if anybody still has this, like anybody in my family, probably not. But um, I know it's used in Halloween costumes, but probably not for that costume. Um, So it was like a glitter lipstick, but I don't think it was put on the lips. I think it was put, like, somewhere else on the face. But when I was thinking about that memory, I was thinking about the smell of that weird glitter thing. Like, it smells, like, a little bit sweet and very stale, you know? Yeah. And, like, just... I feel like now that I'm describing it, I can taste it. You know, like it's just that, like just those two things together that actually don't relate to each other, that will give me some weird place to start from in my work, you know. The, the smell and then the... And then the remembering this basically refusal to participate in um, yeah. this thing because I wasn't going to, you know, put on a coat, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's like, all right, yeah, well, yeah. everybody has stories like that. But I don't know. It's just a combination of... All of those details and the way all yeah. that stuff felt in particular. Plus, but one of the things you um, no, 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 that's it. I, that, I was that's pretty much it. I was going to say, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, one of the words that you said was energy, and I thought, wow. I mean, because it, it's maybe that can be the the one word that describes what you get from say yeah, reading, absolutely, absolutely. reading a passage and yeah. the smell and then yeah. the costume. Absolutely. You think, man, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I need a nap, but really. You just needed the smell. Yeah, exactly. No, that's so true. You know, Absolutely. It, yeah, yeah. No, that's anyway, a really that's interesting way of thinking of it because it, it sort of bypasses all the fear of making anything or the resistance of, oh, well, I don't want to waste my pain or whatever it is. Like, I don't feel oh, like yeah. working or whatever. I'd rather not. It's like, yeah, that is an absolute source of energy. And it sort of, like I said, it bypasses this other stuff. It's like, well, yeah, here's the stuff. So there you go. You know, like, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's the, really fun, and then the other thing. What's that? I'm sorry. Uh, I said it's like a like a remedy or. or a... Yeah, it really. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, but I feel like this is only sort of a discovery for me recently. That, wow, yeah. this is okay. So it's not just like, all right, I have this source material I'm going to work with. It's actually connecting yeah. it to the other stuff and being like, yeah, it's it, okay. This is a source of energy to tap into and to let that sort of lead the way and not worry about the yeah. so much. Like that's really yeah. good. My husband and I are both painters, and we share a studio. And it's the funniest thing because we both – I think he was just saying this, like, two nights ago. Like, I just can't believe I ended up with a painter. Like, it's just the weirdest thing. Like, you wouldn't – I mean, both of us are like, we just – no way. Like, who wants – you know, my God. But it's actually – like, I find that both of us, if we're – like, if we're both in the studio and we're – either one or both of us is sort of – you know, like maybe resisting working or having a hard time yeah. or something. It's just really helpful to be able to have that extra pair of eyes that's very, yeah, very yeah. precise. And so it's like an intimate knowledge of that person's work and throughout, you know, like a period of time and seeing their work and the way they work and a respect for that and all that. And then being able to like, you know, pull that person over or pull him over and, you know, he'll look at my work. And the way that, I mean, I really respect his eye. And, yeah. you know, he listens to what I have to say, so I'm assuming he respects mine. Is um, <laughs> To be able to just sort of, like, cut right through whatever it is that, you know, either one of us is hung up on in the work. And it's really yeah. fun. So sometimes that's really great. It's like, wow, I'm so glad that you saw that or whatever. And sometimes it's really annoying. Like, 
Oh, yeah. you're so right. You know, like I really should, you know, do this or that because, you know, and it's it's like it's just awesome to be able to have that back and forth and and to yeah. be able yeah. to like in the process there's a respect for the process and a respect for what it is we're both doing. And um and yeah, that is that same thing that that passion for it that's always like kind of circling around and to be able to both have um a good way of of looking and speaking about what's happening formally yeah. and how yeah. we're both relating to it in the images of what we're seeing as the work is making itself. Um, yeah, it's a really special place. And I just feel like that if we're both in the studio at the same time, I find that's very uh, usually a very fruitful way for both of us to sort of just start working. And if the other one's working well, um, <laughs> it actually can be a good support system. So if like yeah. if I look over and he's he's doing his thing really well, it's like all right, well I, I guess I better get to it then, you know, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah. it's great. It's really great actually. I never ever ever thought I would say that, but it's it's turned out to be that way. So it's great. Oh okay. Well you're you're uh, on record now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not worried about it. <laughs> so ready for another question? Yeah. Okay. What is the most experimental thing you've done to a work? Well, I don't, excuse me, I don't think this is, like, tremendously experimental, but for me it was. Um, because I'd always really liked the way an idea of working on stuff, you know, a little more quickly. Um, like, oh, well, that's so spontaneous and that's so whatever. Um, so um, I had this, excuse me, I had this, uh, teacher. So I went to school in Pennsylvania for a few years, and then I transferred to New York to finish school at the School of Visual Arts. And I had um, a painter named Lucio Pazzi as one of my teachers. And um, he's, a really good, he's a really good teacher. He's very sensitive. He's very perceptive. Um, he, uh, well, I think it was third year painting. I was really struggling with just everything and making art and painting in a really, really having a hard time with that. And, um, you know, I was so frustrated with what I was doing that I was like, I'm going to go, I like announced, I was going to, I'm going to go like put my paintings on the street. Like I'm just going to go throw them away, like just abandon them in the middle of the road so cars can ride over them because I'm sure that would make them better. And he was like, <laughs> if you do that, I'm going to go get every single one of them and follow you around with them until you take them back. Oh wow! And I was—I mean, he said it. He wasn't kidding. Like he was totally serious, and you know, it kind of made me feel bad that I would have even said that. You know, like, and it was just the perfect thing to say to me at that time because, yeah, um, yeah. I think if any other teacher had like joked around, like, oh, it's like, it just would have kind of kept that tra like that train of thought going, like, oh, I'm not any good or whatever. But he was like, no, you know, these are what they are and you're going to want them someday. And he was right. Yeah, he yeah. was so right. So I guess the most experimental thing was painting over those paintings that he told, he threatened me that he was going right. like, to yeah. follow me around with them. But that actually, <laughs> those became the source of everything I do now. So yeah. that, wow. yeah, no, that was ever, and I just saw him recently at that. Um, Who could have saw that coming? You know? I don't know, but he, he, yeah. he did. And, and, or maybe he didn't and he just said it. I have no idea. But I saw him yeah. at the Minuspace opening, um, oh, yeah. the Julian Preto uh, group show, and I, I told him about it, and he was like, 
okay, great, but it didn't mean as much to him as it did to me, and that's fine, you know, but it's like, you have no idea, like, how formative well, that Here's a piece of it, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, and it's like, um, yeah, I just wanted to share that with him when I saw him, because I hadn't seen yeah. him in a million years. But, yeah, so I think those were, like, in 2007, maybe six, but definitely seven and eight. And, yeah, so that, I mean, I, I'm, like, now I'm having a mix of that stuff and new just plain canvas work and working on that too. But every time I find like a new cache of um, like bags of small paintings that I'd started or, you know, other things that I forgot that I had, I'm always so excited. I'm like, yes, I have more things to paint over. This is wonderful. So I just feel <laughs> like that was the coolest thing yeah, that yeah. like just made me feel like I had permission to start over with these things that had their own history. Although, be it very short, um, it was his way of saying, respect your own attempts. And yeah, you can right. keep trying. Um, but this is actually a great catalyst to start something new or restart yourself. And yeah. I, I just love that. And I think that was one of the best things I got out of SBA, honestly. What would you say feeds your work more? Would you say your other work, looking at other art or life or something other than those things? Um, I think it's what I said already, but, well, actually, I mean, I find that, like, having a close connection between, yeah, life in general, whatever that is, like, just being alive and whoever said this, somebody said this on their Facebook page, I don't know, maybe it was you, driving their um, meat-coated skeleton around. Yeah, <laughs> that that was me. I'm I thought that was so <laughs> funny. I was like, "Well, yep, that's true, isn't it? Here we go. I'm gonna bring it. I'm gonna carry it over here and put it down. You know, like that's really funny." So, um, anyway, making a connection yeah. between that and what it is that we index as memory. So, um, you know, like that particular memory space for what it is in my life that's interesting or was interesting at a time. And that's what I love so much about Gustin is that he went so yeah. far and deep into his own memory um, resource that you can still, even though some of the stuff is very personal. Well, there's so much on the inside. Yeah. And it's very personal to him, but he makes it so personal that it's impersonal and yet it's personal to everybody, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I just think that's the way to go. I, I really do. I think that everybody has such an interesting story to tell and everybody yeah. has very particular differences in their lives and what they learned and this and that. And, and that is just a huge resource for information and, and like you said, energy and, um, I just find that to always be, um, kind of overflowing with, with content. Um, yeah. And I just find that whenever I go that direction in terms of making art, that there's lots of stuff left over and that even if it changes really dramatically from whatever is the source material, which it very often does, um, that it's the most relatable and it usually has the most force in the images. You know, it usually has the most um, artfulness in the sense that I think I've communicated something here. Yeah. It, it's because I've gone really far into my own experience and spoken right. out of that um, and then allowed it to change and transform. 
it, it usually, um, because it has some kind of grounding in this other place, because everybody has a life like that, you know. Yeah. So to be able to pay attention to those kinds of details in your own life and just they seem small and mundane, like, oh, I remember this and that and whatever. But if you actually go into that, what it was like, the way it felt, the heaviness of it, the texture of it, the smell and the taste yeah. and the, the feel, all this stuff, it just explodes into this whole other world of, of information and and everybody has been there, and everybody will be there. That's what's so cool. So I always find that. Yeah, cool. and you have to re- like you just have to recognize it because it's there. It's the energy's there. The force is there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I I'd like to think that like like you're saying, everyone has that. Yeah, I really I really believe that. I really do. No, I I think I cut you off, and just just for me, like I was curious, like what what did that image talking about the you, you're driving a a, a meat covered skeleton. Uh, made out of stardust. <laughs> that, so what was, do you have to worry about? It was like your ghost, and you're driving a meat color, meat covered skeleton, and you're powered by stardust or something like that, right? So yeah, like, it's made out of stardust. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I just, it's sort of like a, it feels like a release. Like, oh, it's just things are less serious than they seem. You know, like it. Yeah. It, okay. It feels yeah, like yeah. a. The meat skeleton is sort of a byproduct instead of like you're just completely limited to it and tied to it. It kind of feels like, well, yeah. this is um, – I'm sort of attached to this thing, and here we go over yeah. here, and here we go over there. And this is the vehicle through which things are said and through which things are heard and made. Yeah. Um, but not to let the things that come in and out stop there and to – yeah. It actually made me feel a little body awareness, too, and that, um, you know, like carrying tension in different parts of the body and, like, all right, well, that's yeah. sort of a blockage of energy and, and uh, yeah. that it doesn't have to be that way because a lot of times that's sort of a psychic decision, like, oh, I feel anxious, so I'm going to sit like this or I'm going to, you know, whatever, and uh, that it was like – it kind of felt like a release, like I said, of, oh, well, yeah, yeah so it's just a, a thing, something – is doing something, but it's it's kind of you know like um, there's sort of it's it kind of made me think of like um um what are those things called a hanger like a hanger where you put clothes on it so you're just sort oh, of right, right. hanging on this body right so that's what the body yeah, is right. hanging on this other structure that's deciding to move it around and eventually it well, won't anymore you know so might yeah, as well, well think about the elements of it i mean just to, you know i don't know if we should spend so much time talking about that but i think it's interesting you know just it was empowering i thought mm-hmm. yeah you know and just to think like you're you know okay to, to call it like even even the way it was worded said you're driving a meat colored skeleton yeah and the meat didn't really stick to me so much, no pun intended. Yeah. But yeah, the the idea of a skeleton, you know, it's like wow, that's that's like it's almost like armor. Right, right, yeah. You know, I mean, it's just that's what it is anyway. What am I talking about? What, like as if that's a new idea. But no, that's interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, and it, it really, you know, like like not not wow. I don't I, I don't know why that like I, it, to me at first it was comical, so I posted it. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know. And then I think it's meant to do a lot of things, actually, to, you know, which I think you mentioned, not to take things so seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. But. Actually, I think that's one of the um, things that art should do or has done or will do yeah. and all those things, that it actually 
maybe doesn't bypass the meat skeleton, but it sort of is like it allows that other thing that drives the meat skeleton to communicate with other things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it gets in touch with the ghost. It does, and it, it really allows communication between different ones. And I find that when people are really excited about art and other things too, but excited about mostly art, and they're sharing that, they're able to communicate in a different way. Um, that it allows a different kind of closeness and connectedness yeah. Yeah. Um, because of that shared experience of, well, we're human beings, we've made something. And isn't that strange? Right, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, okay. So, my favorite question, which I, I told you about before. Favorite question. Yeah. Yeah. The the tough one. Uh, can you use three to five words to describe your work? Okay, I'll say five words, but I think I have to explain them because they may not make sense. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I just want to say one thing about the first word because. Um, it's going to sound a little funny. Um, it wasn't my word. This was said about my work uh, a few times, and I thought I would use it because I like it so much, but I wouldn't use this yeah. word to describe my own work. Okay. Muscular. I really like it, but I wouldn't have said wow. that about mine. Yeah. I wouldn't have said that. But I heard a few people say that who see my work in person, and I was like, that is awesome. <laughs> okay. Oh, cool. So, but I would say physical, gritty space, and punch. Punch. And the reason I would say punch is that whenever I look at them, even ones that are in process or that I've worked on really recently or stuff that's not worked on recently, stuff that, you know, maybe I'll see it on the website or see it somewhere else, yeah. it doesn't – even passages that I know were painted, I don't know, sensitively or carefully or delicately, they don't feel that way. They feel like the whole thing feels like – or the really good ones feel like they've punched their way all at the same time into the surface, if that makes sense. Like, it all feels like it's arrived, like, whoosh, you know, like kind of a punch through something, yeah. you know. So it kind of feels like, even though I can kind of pick apart different mark making and say, well, I know this was put on this way or that way, and this is sensitive, and this is fast, or this is that, it has that feeling of, of sort of um, – it's not a speed. It's more like um, an abruptness of um, the image kind of just all being there all at once. Um, oh, wow. Like it just kind of like, wow. And it was never – The opposite like, of like spontaneous combustion. Right. And it, But it wasn't ever <laughs> in parts, if that makes sense. Um, like I just feel uh, like when I look at the mark making, like I couldn't yeah. say, well, this has to be without that or this was there without that and that wasn't there. And that's really interesting because some of these paintings have a long history, like I said. Like, they've been reworked many times. But when they're finished, I feel like, well, they've always it's always been looking like that. It's always looked like that, and it arrived exactly like this. So that's, oh, that's I love that the word. feeling yeah. of punch. Arrived. You know, it's just like, holy crap. This, has ne right. this painting has never been anything other than this right now, you know? Oh, wow, yeah. So that's a long explanation of that word, but that's what I mean. Oh, that's great, yeah. I like how you said, um, what did you say you said? Oh, arrive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 That's cool. I, I, you know, I just, I love that word in the context of just talking about painting, maybe any aspect of it. Yeah. Yep. You know, mm -hmm. it's kind of like that quote. I think, I'm trying to think who said it, but, you know, I, I like the word arrive a little better, but, you know, the, like a painting's never finished. It just stops in an interesting place. Mm -hmm. Yep. I, I almost want to say, um, 
No, I don't remember who said it, but um, but yeah, I, I just I I think I like arrive better, like as a word. Yeah. But, there's something, yeah. some quality of it, like when you know it's really finished, is that this image has like walked into the room and decided to hang out with you. You know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, it just showed up, and here it is, and it's going to be maybe it'll be my friend. I don't know. Maybe maybe not. But it's like. Oh, funny. This yeah. is. This is a full image, and it was never in parts. And that, you know, it kind of annoys me when some of these minimalist sculptors say, "Well, you know, it's like there's a hole and there's parts, and we don't want parts; we only want a hole." I feel like that about good paintings. You know, when it's a good painting, it can't be separated into parts because the whole thing hangs yeah. together in a really yeah. tough, strange, interesting way. Yeah. Huh. It's almost like, um, well. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like like the body, really. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you can't say, well, this is my arm and this is my finger and it makes this thing, you know, like it does this. But, you know, what is a finger without an arm and how does that work if you don't have a yeah. torso and all that stuff? Absolutely, yeah. How interesting that I listened to um, The Flaming Lips today mm -hmm. and the Soft Bullets in the album. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the spider, the spider Bite song, you know, Wayne Cohn was saying how – if you lost your arm, I, I don't know if this is exactly how it went, but basically, if you lost your arm, that would really upset your brain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I thought that was great. I was like, wow, okay. Yeah. But anywho, mm -hmm. um, so I have, um, I have, I think I have, um, I have some words. All right, I'm dying to hear him. I'm dying to hear him. Okay, and I, I, I'm not following orders or okay. for the requirements yeah, yeah. or the yeah. restrictions of five words, mm -hmm. but. So, um, what what I saw was machinery uh -huh. and or musical instruments hmm. that that have yet to be made. Hmm, that's interesting. Except the the fact that they exist in your paintings, but uh, like as a painting, but they're not. You know, obviously they're they're um, maybe they're concept concepts for the future. Mm -hmm. Where you, can I ask specifically where you're saying musical instruments? Well, there's so much. I mean, you talk so much about, um, like the. I, I don't know if you've used the, the word brushstroke or, or just like the sort of like what would be described as wet and wet. Mm -hmm. There, there's like there's structures in there. Oh yeah, and like no, within, I totally agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, within the structures, there's so much freedom of line and texture and um, that, that. I mean, the the two together, it's 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 odd. They're confusing in a way. Mm -hmm. Yep. But but there's harmony with with the the two worlds that you're presenting. You know the two. And maybe it's just uh, I'm I'm always uh, formal. I think that you know the 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 two presentations of of the way you're working. Mm -hmm. You know that that that's why I say some of it like it's not. Um, there, there's there's a lot of structure involved, and, and you know maybe I, I don't know why this is a, a running theme between you know this, this interview, but the idea of skeleton and then flesh or. Because um, there's a structure, and then there's the the free form, the free the freedom of of. Uh, I think so much of this. Maybe it's more line than it is stroke in some way. Well, I think um, I was just thinking about that actually in the last few months. That um, maybe one of my 2014 resolutions. Not that I make them really, but I think I might yeah. in this case is to actually bring in a little more line than I have now. Um, okay. I feel like I've kind of resisted doing that because I um or like you know at l allowing actual line not yeah, not yeah. like in the sense of oh it's a brush stroke that's good enough it's more like 
yeah, sometimes I use oil sticks and stuff like that. But to actually yeah, use yeah. that and also um, there's something about when a brush stroke is used purposefully as a line versus when it sort of accidentally ends up that way and you can tell and that's not, that's not as good. So to, like, yeah. purposefully allow line in the right. painting, um, I had always been told that, uh, oh, the line is really good. And, and it made me want to do less of it because I wanted to, you know, make a um, – I guess make my life harder for myself. I don't know, but <laughs> um, that it's actually fine to um, allow in a little more of that. Um, that yeah. other. Why does that remind me of something you said earlier? Th- this idea, um, like permission to, yeah. you know, like yeah. okay, how about like I'm good, I'm I'm good with line, like you, mm-hmm. Ashley Garrett is good with line. Yeah. So um and and in your mind you're thinking I'm not going to use line exactly, because exactly. It, it's a cop out. <laughs> yeah. I'm not taking any shortcuts. Right, exactly. That's exactly what it was. And it's like, well, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like natural for you. Yeah, you know, it's it, so it, funny. It, you know, it's like, oh, your your drawings are so good, and it's like, well, I mean, or you know, someone would look at painting and be like, wow, I love this line, or like, actually, I'm thinking of this one painting, this like really huge painting that I had worked on like a little bit, and then I worked on it a little bit more, but it was really fast, and it was a lot of it was just drawing, and people were yeah. like. I mean, in school, people are like, this is finished. It's so good. I love the drawing. And I'm like, well, I'm never drawing again. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right, yeah. It's like, oh, my God. It's so just, silly. Yeah. I know. It's like, well, this is, I, you know, whatever. But it's actually, that is a confrontation that needs to happen. Like, I need to force some yeah, line yeah, to happen. Yeah. Because what I have in some of this recent work that I've made, it's it's fine. And it works, you know. So it's like, yeah. okay. But, yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with what you're saying that um, – Absolutely, there's a structure. A lot of times there's an architectural structure or, like you yeah, said, a yeah, machine really structure, is. definitely. Yeah. And that, I think that's why I thought of the machine as a musical instrument because, I mean, all of it, like, they, they're they forged or they're, like, poured metal. I don't know, yeah. you know, how I – don't, I don't make machine parts, but um, – I think that's a really but, interesting way of thinking of it. That's cool. Yeah, it was, it was just such a – and it's funny because there is so much line, you know, in, in those paintings, even though – and you know where a lot of that structure comes from Are you, is the line. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, you don't like you don't like they're not they're structure, but I don't know that they're sculptural. Your painting. No, and I was thinking about that when I was trying to think of the three to five words, and I said I just don't think they're sculpture. They're not. I don't think so either. Yeah. yeah. No, no. But they, but they, you know, they they hold together. I think you know they. Uh, there's got to be a like a word for it. You know, like they're not they're structural, but not sculptural. Um, they're but they're more, they're they're more like you way. said, like you, we were talking. They're more maybe more skeletal because they do have yeah. sort of a body reference, or a, yeah, like yeah. I was saying, the physical sort of. Um, but it, you know, there there are a lot of elements of um, not just architecture, but like specific. Got It's like small scale architecture, so not. Every time I put a house in a painting, I always get rid of it. I find that it's just stupid. Oh, wow, yeah. It's, like, yeah. really annoying. So, but it's, like, well, what what is, is it specifically besides the house that's, like, a smaller kind of architecture? There's, like, these, so, like, in, like, um, tables or chairs. Not that that's what's in the paintings because it's not. But it's still, like, yeah. all right, look at that, like, micro scale of that. Oh, that's hey. so cool. You're 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 really on, like, you're saying what I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But like, look, it's made up of um, lines and parts and pieces, and they all yeah, yeah, they're yeah. all together. And in the way it's put together, it stands upright and it supports itself. You know, and if I can sit yeah, on yeah, a chair, yeah. it supports me too, and that's cool. But it's like, look at what it, it's made up of, and it's all these delicate parts. But um, and it's line, right? It's line, and oh, totally. and uh, that there's some like I find that in the the smallest places, like. Uh, one painting I'm working on right now, like sort of this like weird sort of random corner of a desk drawer or whatever. I don't know what that's called, but like whatever is your little desk, like a small desk that's next to your bed or something. Then it has a drawer. Oh, like an end table or something? Yeah, exactly. But some weird end table. And it's like a small corner on that. And how does it have like the entire world on it? But it does. You know, like it's oh, like I know. <laughs> really weird. Like that. It's sort of like there isn't that much architecture to that, but there is. You know, it's like when you start to look at the micro, you see the macro. So it's yeah, it's, that's great for it. Because I was going to say something about how they're they're like details of, um, of, I you know I kind of lost it, but I for some reason I want to insert like they're they're like <laughs> I'm going to go I'm gonna get risky here. Like they're details of like Francis Bacon paintings. Oh. <laughs> um, is that weird? No, I mean I yeah I like him a lot. I um. I can see what you're saying, yeah. Uh, well, it's tough. I mean, it might be a stretch, but it—they—they're it, just. De- I don't want to say the world because that's kind of cliche, but they—they are—they are details of maybe the the things that we don't see every day, you know. Yeah. Like, and it's kind of like that. That's that's a very like a classic thing to go for. Sure. Yeah. I mean, definitely. That's definitely true for some of these. I mean, and then the other is like seeing a particular object reimagined. And reinserted in the space where it was, and but it's yeah. it's actually leaving, or it's so it's some of these are memories of particular things, and they're yeah. um, you know I bet that attempt to start from a memory which has already changed from the original source because it's a memory, so you're indexing different information because yeah. it's it was a long time ago. So you're remembering it like, oh, okay, well, that was slightly different, whatever. So that's interesting. And then the sort of that huh. departure of what it really was. And then um, now that it's been this amount of time, and then what will it be in like 20 years or whatever? And then um, actually trying to capture that, um, the actual experience yeah. of memory is very fleeting. So if you're like, all right, I remember this thing, and then you may not think of it ever again, or you might think of it like five know. minutes from now, or you'll think of it, you know, in a year or whatever. And all that stuff factors into how the meaning of it is reinterpreted and the image yeah, of it yeah. is reinterpreted. So that's all really interesting. And then um, the other part of it that I like to get is keeping all of that in mind, especially when the stuff's coming from a particular object, is to try to let in that sort of peripheral vision experience. So, like, you know, when you see something out of the corner of your eye and it catches your eye, so you want to, like, look and see what it is because you want to put it back in place. You know, like that strangeness of, like, oh, I saw something and I wasn't sure what it was, and it freaked me out, so I need to look and make sure that I remember, you know, what that thing is and so it's not threatening or whatever. That experience of putting the memory and the object in that place. So it's like if I could look, like, turn my head and look at that thing that's still strange and somehow doesn't fit in with the language that I've learned to use in the world, what would that be like? You know, so it's like that sort of Freudian uncanniness of the world that people still see, even when they're very, um, whatever you call jaded, or they're, you know, tired and 
you know, just used to things or whatever, everybody still sees that. So what if you allow that in a little bit more into the experience of the world and let that scare you a little bit, you know, yeah. like that, that's a whole other aspect to it. So bringing all that stuff together, um, and what does all that look like together? That's, that's what I'm trying to do. I just think some of the, you know, some of these, um, like, I, I don't really want to call them forms yet. That's, that's just like, like the structures that are in your paintings that, that house these more, um, more organic paint happenings. You know, I don't want to call them strokes or whatever, but, mm-hmm. um, that they're, they're slight, these structures are slightly askew, even though they, the overall form of it or the overall outline of it could be a square. Right. Or a rectangle. And it's on a square rectangle that's like factory, you know, mm-hmm. milled wood or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's slightly askew, so it changes. Like there's like a, a tweaking of like I don't know if it's perception or yeah, definitely. It, it, like there's like a there's like an uneasiness to oh, it yeah, or absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So that that's just cool to see and and um and that's that's too. It's like it's an odd, you know. You said seeing something out of the corner of your eye that you know that um. It's an odd presentation, like it, it's it's a cropping and it's also a detail of, of, a, you know, a thing and and you know maybe it's a maybe it's an object, but it it like on your end table or something like you were saying, mm-hmm. but not necessarily. Right. Yep. Yeah. Totally. And there's I don't know why I want to say this, and I I definitely have not studied him enough, but w- looking at your work uh, reminded me of this artist again, uh, um, Edwin Dickinson. Do you know who that is? No, I don't. Oh, he had this show. Like, I shouldn't, you know, speaking of him, is, I, I, you know, unfortunately, I don't know the history of his life, but I just, some of the images that, that I saw, and I actually picked up a book on him. Mm-hmm. And um, they're, they're, I, see, his work is a little more surreal in some way, mm-hmm. but I guess in the way that you present the, the imagery, it could be considered surreal, but I don't think your technique is surreal. Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense? Yeah, no, it definitely isn't surreal. Yeah. Um, purposefully not. Oh yeah, I could see because right. like here I have I just looked him up on Google, and here's this sort of simple looking still life. And yeah, I could see why you'd say that because it's like sort of simple. Um, the forms and they are recognizable, and yet he does something just slight enough to them that makes them really weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, so well, I mean, yeah, I mean, changing the. It's it's so weird. I mean, I I hate to. I think you brought up cubism, and I and I and I wish there was a almost a better word for it. Cause I feel like you know the, you had a really good ex, an explanation or or just like a description of of cubism. Like, mm-hmm. and it, it's 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 somewhere a few minutes ago that you said it. No, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I'm really interested in space, and so then yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. in cubism. It's the angles and the space keeps turning in on itself and reinverting and turning in on itself and like it just yeah. keeps flipping all the time. And every time you think you're you're at the end of something, you're not. You know, like it just keeps yeah. opening up yeah. to these other spaces and they keep going back and back or forward and forward and it just doesn't ever stop. You don't ever have a like <clears throat> you don't ever have that perspectival space to like really rest your eye and know that you've gone somewhere in the painting. That's what drives you yeah, crazy. I, I about. just love it. Yeah. It's almost like a Oh wow! I don't. I, there's, there's just like as if that say that that form that or the shape that I was trying to talk about, like in your painting, which is like, and it was say it began, it began 
flush and and parallel and all that good stuff to the to the to the canvas like the the frame or the border you know mm-hmm. and it just turned to it just tweaked itself like it rotated a little mm-hmm. bit and that's causing like just enough tension yeah 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 to it to the image yep, you know yep. and but there's like there's some kind of like stillness to it too which and, and this this may be another crazy like thing to bring up but i for some reason i'm thinking of Mirandi. oh yeah no yeah yeah yeah, I mean, it's funny. I've got so I've got Edwin Dickinson up on my Google, and I was just thinking, this is like sort of the opposite of Mirandi in the sense that like I feel really creeped out by this Edwin Dickinson still life. But now yeah. with Mirandi, I feel very familiar. Like I know these yeah. these cups so intimately, and he's handled them so delicately, and he's but he's made them these little monuments, and it's so respectful, and it's so careful, and it's but it's they're really beautiful. Um, but it's sort it's of a horror. Like, oh yeah, that's it. Yeah, so it's that. It's like if you just take something that's familiar enough, and so you might see something that you know there, and you just change it enough, you're gonna get that horror. You're gonna get that um, that uncanny, that not quite grotesque, but like that slight off-putting thing where you're like, yeah. yikes, this isn't real space, and I don't know that I like it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and I like um, putting. Mirandi and Dickinson side by side. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and it's funny. I, well, like I said, prior to us speaking, I thought about Edwin Dickinson. And I wanted to say Francis Bacon. Not sure how I feel about that yet, but too late now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And um, the um, and then Mirandi just came to me as we were, you know, as mm-hmm. we were talking. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, that's great. Well, I really And it's think funny how he pops up every now and again. Yeah. No, um, I, I really think that um, that there is a tremendous power to be released in these very small, unassuming objects. And that is exactly where Mirandi is coming from. Yeah, yeah. It's very, very particular, very sensitive attention and awareness to these very simple shapes that when you look at them, all of a sudden start changing. And it's the light and it's the contrast and it's the um, experience of this thing coming in contact with what it's sitting on or where it is in space, or where it is in an architectural space, or where it is as it relates to the person who's remembering it. So you get, all that is, like, really strange. And then it starts to, like, change in perspective. Um, yeah. But, it, it, yeah, it starts from that same place of, like, all right, this might be a carpet. But um, there's a whole world in there besides the memory of that. It's, like... It just as you start like really thinking about it and and experiencing all of the different elements of that, it just starts exploding into this other thing. <laughs> it's just fucking crazy. Like I just really Somehow. think that every little thing in the world is like that, and it's really overwhelming. But that's why I think that cubism did so beautifully. Was it? Yeah, it yeah. Saw that, you know, and every little thing in the world, inanimate and animate, can do that. Yeah, this is like, what about gravity? Like, what happened to I mean, just somehow they, you know, things are turned upside down, but yet not, not nothing fell. Like, right, right. Ow. It's still in space. I mean, it's still, it's still somehow together. I mean, so what, what, what would be the force that held them together if, if gravity was, you know, mm-hmm. um, was defeated <laughs> right. by those paintings, you know? Right, right. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. So it's, it's that. But, yeah, I mean, I actually really think it's so interesting that you brought up Mirandi because uh, it, it actually is starting from that sort of quiet, unassuming place of – Yeah, yeah. But it, it's – it, It's funny because they're, 
the palate, um, I, I, for some reason, I just want to throw that word out there, and hopefully um, that will be brought to some kind of attention just that you use. Um, how it's 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 like so like I don't know if I want to say inviting, but it's like it's like it's almost like like animal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. So it's it's actually really important for me, and I don't really know if I can explain this, but it's something I kind of know it viscerally that it's important for it to not be local color. So if it's like, all right, this is this object, I really don't want it to be what the object actually is looking like, you know, color-wise. Yeah. Um, there's something about the color that I want it to be reflected in the experience of it as it changes. So if it's yeah. purple, it's because it's changing in this particular way or that particular way, if there's a line and it's black, it's because it's going somewhere or whatever, you know, it's, it's like that. So it, it's really important that, that the color just be like completely broken open and it can go anywhere. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's hard. I mean, there's like, there's, it's, it's a hard, um, it's a hard thing. I mean, it's hard to pin down. I don't know. It, it's, um, it like, in there is some simplicity to the palette, but it like, that's, I, it's so funny how you said that, like because the black is going somewhere, mm-hmm. so it takes it, it makes it more complex. But how, what, what kind of wizard are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, I used to be. It's so funny. I used to be terrified of black and blue because I felt that they were too powerful. I felt like they would like really yeah. take over a painting, you know. So it was like, wow, all right. Good. So this painting in 2012, that was like, um, God, I want to say that was like the first real painting I'd done in a long time. And it was like, all right, let me do the hardest thing that I could think of, which is try to handle black. And yeah, it really took me somewhere. And and uh, every time I see black now, it's like I have a different experience of how to read it. And that, um, you know, like that, that, okay, I'm talking about this painting, Headroom, um, of mine. And that um, okay. that one has real black in it of different kinds, but it also has, you know, homemade black, which, you know, with like alizarin and oppression oh, yeah. and, you know, different kinds of greens. And just the varieties of surface and space you can get from just going from different blacks to different blacks. That was uh, a really yeah. fun experience for me. So whenever I see, like, I'm looking at this Edwin Dickinson painting, and it's way more of a chromatic purple black. And what does that mean versus a blue black or a green black? You know, yeah. where does that go? Because it goes somewhere. That's, I don't know why it feels like black has done that for me, but it feels like black is space. But when it's a line, it, it takes you someplace else, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. It's cool. There's um just uh. – <laughs> No, I mean the the idea of animal. It's like they're they're okay. So maybe it's just like this. Maybe they're a little scientific too, which I never really thought of. Mm-hmm. Like your paintings, like they're maybe it's not scientific, but it's like it's um they're they're, they're I'm trying to think of the word. I, I don't want to say taxidermy, but no, that's interesting. That's cool. Yeah, there like are they're some, in some of these. I'm thinking like. Um, yeah, so this painting, Martingale and Headroom, are, yeah, they, and it's like the oh, yeah, structure yeah. of those isn't really that architectural. It's more like some of them, there's even some elements of, like, weather forms in there. So, okay. you know, like that. But the there's some elements of each part that I could absolutely see why you'd say taxidermy. So there's an element of, like, frozen 
so, like the way that animals, when they're made into taxidermies, feel like they were never yeah. alive in the yeah. first place. You know, it's so creepy. But you just feel like, like that's what I said the word punch because you feel like this is the image in the form and it could never not be this. You know, it's so frozen. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, it holds one another together. I mean, like, like maybe that's where that gravity thing comes in. And, and you know, even though you're probably not pushing the the um, the textbook definition of cubism, but that that you have a gravity that you just invented somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. somehow. But that, you know, obviously it came through working, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. That's interesting. You have a good eye. <laughs> Thanks. No, you do. Uh, we, we brought up a lot of artists already, but are there any other uh, artists? Well, yeah, it's me? actually, it's interesting. We were talking about space and the cubist space. And so there's this schism between perspectival space and modern space, right? Um, and that. I always come back to that. So, it, but it's like that same source of um, cubism. So, but cubism was like really, yeah. So that was actually really found in the working process itself too. Yeah. And that, but that was a completely made-up logic of how to yeah. understand space. So, I had this uh, art history teacher when I was in uh, Pennsylvania, who was just this really adorable, charming woman. I just love her. Um, she taught this early Renaissance class, or pre-Renaissance, um, right? Like early early Italian fresco stuff. So it was like, but she, oh my God, the way she talked about art, oh, yeah. she was just so enthusiastic. And she would like look at every detail and be like, how is this made up? Like we're looking at this, and then when you look underneath and you see this, oh, she's just so exciting. And I love listening <laughs> to her talk about this stuff, but I think about this oh, fairly yeah. often. So this relationship between Duccio and Giotto, right? So Giotto was the first one to really use perspectival space, um, where he, instead of, like in Duccio, where if you look at his stuff, his frescoes and, and, and the altar paintings and stuff, the people are stacked on top of each other, and they, they kind of, it actually looks more like modernist painting. Um, but in the course of art history, that was sort of a more archaic way of making. So it's like, okay, well, when Giotto comes around, he's using more of a perspectival go back in space. So there's a point of reference and everything recedes. And here we have people and they're side by side, but you can't see some of this one. You can only see the top of somebody's head or something like that. Yeah. But that was a really big change. And I think about that all the time in the comparison of um, what happens in modernist painting and what happened before that before a really modern uh, space um, and using the basically the awareness of the edge and the um, sort of, well, just, I mean, in my work, I really want to get the um, crux of those two at the same time. I think yeah. that's really interesting where if there's a tension between it goes back and yet I can't go back or it goes back in some places and I feel kind of twisted because I'm being pushed away from it or you go back a little bit, but you feel like you can't quite go all the way back there and yet you want to. So you keep looking stuff like that I find <laughs> is really fun. And, and I, I often think of Giotto and, um, yeah. and Duccio and, and the details of how their stuff was put together and, uh, 
So I just and th- and that's what I love so much about some of these great artists like Gustin is that they've actually you know like he said, all right, abstract painting, cool, but let me see what else you know what else can be said yeah, yeah. or seen in this other way, and I I really want to change my way of making images, so I'm going to. I I love it when good artists do that. And another one who's I I respect so much is Feral Feral Brickhouse who, um, he did that uh, too. Yeah. yeah. So he worked abstract for a long time and and only fairly recently came back to figurative imagery. It takes a lot of bravery to do that. You know. I, yeah. I, I, you know, I was going to say that and I was afraid to because I was like, well, that's kind of that might be overused, but exactly. I'm I'm with you on that. There's like it's brave. Oh yeah, and, and I really because yeah because you can sit on it. Yeah, you can. You know, you don't have to do it. And a lot of people do. And I think it's like, well, if you feel so moved to be an artist and you feel inclined to express yourself in this way and yeah. it's changing and you don't respect that, it's that's right. fine. But it's it's just it's just another decision. It's another way of going. And I think it sort of departs from the originating impulse to be uh, – an image maker. But, you know, yeah. Farrell, I think both of those guys, Farrell and Peter Atchison, respected that impulse in themselves, and they just yeah, go for it. They just totally go for yeah. it. And I just think that is so great. And um, they both have such a really interesting kinds of sensitivity and attention yeah. to surface and variety and um, all kinds of things that you feel like when you see their work, you know it surprised the hell out of them. You know, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. love that. It's so honest, you know, like it's like. Well, Augustine, uh, there was an end of one of his quotes. He was talking about leaving the studio for the day. And when he comes back the next morning and, you know, part of the quote, which I actually remember, he said, my God, did I do that? Yeah, yeah. Or, or something to that effect anyway. Yeah, no, that's exactly what he said. And I just, uh, yeah. I think if you can get to that place, you're doing pretty well. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, right, right. So, Yeah. I normally ask each artist to share a quote that they enjoy. Ashley Garrett decides to share a text by Rumi. Well, this is just so timely and talks about everything that we talked about, I thought. so. Oh, cool. So this is, um, I'm reading from this book, A Year with Rumi, Daily Readings. Oh, yeah. So there's a poem for every day. Oh, wow. Um, I think it's for the, is it for the whole year? Yes, it is for the whole year, I think. Pretty sure. Yeah, it is a whole year. Okay. So this is for today, which is November 6th, and it's called Unmarked Boxes is the title of the poem. Don't grieve. Anything you lose comes around in another form. The child weaned from mother's milk now drinks wine and honey mixed. God's joy moves from unmarked box to unmarked box, from cell to cell as rainwater down into flower bed, as roses up from ground. Now it looks like a plate of fish and rice, now a cliff covered with vines, now a horse being saddled. It hides within these till one day it cracks them open. Part of the self leaves the body when we sleep and changes shape. You might say, last night I was a cypress tree, a small bed of tulips, a field of grapevines. Then the phantasm goes away. You are back in the room. I don't want to make anyone fearful. Here's what's behind what I say. 
Charitam, charitam, charitam. There is the light gold of wheat in the sun, and the gold is bread made from that wheat. I have neither. I am only talking about them, as a town in the desert looks up at stars on a clear night. That's cool. Uh, thank you so much for all this time. Well, thank you for having me. I mean, this was so fun. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, I had a lot of fun too. Um, thanks for so. You know, scheduling me in and stuff. That's really cool. So, yeah, no problem. I'm a little nervous about hearing it myself. But <laughs> <laughs> It'll be great. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I'm sure you'll do a that great job. Cool. I just, I just have no idea what I said. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have no idea what you said either. <laughs> This has been Oddcast. Thank you from me, your host, Philip J. Mellon. Keep the dialogue going. <laughs>